Well, hello there. Welcome to the podcast. This is Mike Tossin, the owner of Freedom Within LLC, and you are listening to Talking with Ticklesworth. Well, good morning there. This is Mike with Freedom Within coming to you with another episode of Talking with Ticklesworth. It's been a great week. Lots of feedback from the audience, if I can call you the audience. Lots of feedback from veterans around the country. I've got some from around the world, actually. I've gotten a couple of um, notices that people have been listening in France, in England, in Germany, and a few other places. So I'm getting excited about this little venture we're calling Talking with Ticklesworth. It's coming along quite quite well. So another week has passed. Today is the 23rd of August. And we over here in Louisiana, we are waiting for a hurricane to come get us. We're waiting for two hurricanes, actually. First time it's ever happened, really, since uh, we've been tracking them. But we got Marco coming down on us. Probably hit us sometime. Um, hit South Louisiana. I'm, I'm in I'm in Southeast Louisiana. But probably hit South Louisiana around Grand Isle area. Um, Monday morning. Or Monday afternoon, actually. And then we have Hurricane Laura coming up. Probably going to hit us around Thursday morning or so. Um, with the current projections. So by the time you're listening to this, whenever you do listen to this, um, it may have already passed. It may shifted and go to Texas. It may have shifted and gone to Alabama, going to Georgia, going to Florida. We don't know. These hurricanes have them on their own. And uh, we just prepare ourselves. We buy the water. We buy the food. Um, I have a gas stove. I have a propane stove out in the back. I have a gas stove in the kitchen. Um, we're going to be all right. So, um, so I'm doing this little podcast, hopefully give you something to listen to and maybe to drive to work or maybe, uh, when you are working out or when you're trying to go to sleep, I don't know, whenever you listen to this, but feedback has been coming in and we are enjoying it and, um, it's getting exciting. So, uh, first things first, what did you do this week for self-care? That's an important thing, and I always hit on it with everyone um, in my practice, and I talk about it with uh, you on the podcast. What are you doing for self-care? So if any of you know me, some of you do, some of you don't, most of you don't. I fish. I love the fish. And even when I go out and don't catch a thing, it's still comforting to me. So I went fishing this Thursday and uh, caught my first uh, bowfin fish. Over here in Louisiana, they call them shoe pick. And it's one of God's ugliest fish in the, in the damn world. Um, it's, a, it's in the family of the alligator gar. And uh, it looks like a prehistoric fish. Don't want to touch it. <laughs> it swallowed the damn hook. I had to cut the hook. Couldn't get it out of his mouth. He had a lot of... Uh, teeth in the front row so I put him in my live while hoping he would spit the hook out um, unfortunately he did not spit the hook out and he perished so I 
uh, tossed them over where I knew the alligators would go um, to get a fish. So it was a big fish, about 19, 20 inches, probably about five pounds. It was a great fighter. I love the fight of the fish. Uh, but that guy there, he just wasn't, um, he wasn't meant to make it. And so didn't get him. But I had a great time. I went out with my daughter and one of her friends, and they fished a little bit. They played a lot of music on the boat, and we uh, had a great time. So fishing is my self-care. I love to do it. And this podcast is turning into a self-care for me as well because I find myself thinking about topics more often. I find myself reading articles that I might not have read just to have something to talk about on the podcast um, and to share something with you in order to make sure that that this thing is a success because I think there's a place for this podcast. I think that there is people who, even if they don't listen to every single episode, there's information that you can glean from this podcast and help you along your way. So with that, I'm going to start it off by talking about something that really, really uh, ticked me off this week. <laughs> And if you know me by now, you know that I do a lot of work with the VA, right? And uh, the VA is kind of, each week, I don't even look for this stuff, but each week they're just kind of giving me more and more and more to talk about. And this one, I I really think that I I may need to elevate this up a little bit to um, people who can make some decisions because this just really blew my mind. And I hope it's a mistake. I hope that this is something that the representative just was unaware of and this is not the practice but what she told me just blew my mind it blew my fucking mind I called the VA to check on my authorizations because my authorizations have been uh, behind I've been submitting them I talked about this last week. I've been submitting authorizations and they haven't been coming in on time. They've been taking a month to get processed, which the VA tells you will continue to see the veteran until uh, until the new authorization comes through. And then they start the new authorization at the date that they processed it, not the date that you backdated it for. Therefore, you have five and six sessions that won't be covered under the under the authorization so then you got to go back and tell the VA that you need to backdate it and then it gives you a whole bunch of rigmarole on to why they need to be backdated so okay that's fine right we get that but this is the piece that really got to me the lady tells me the representative tells me over here at the VA um, you need to submit all the documentation for their notes okay no problem right I do that all the time Matter of fact, Monday, I submitted about 180 documents of um, documentation, uh, whether it be my notes or it was my uh, treatment plans or the diagnosis or whatever it was for for a number of uh, patients that I'm working with currently. So I think I had eight, eight or so different patients. So I did two different faxes right two different faxes one fax was a hundred pages and about four different patients and between each patient I put the word break 
big letters break on a blank sheet of paper I wrote break which signifies to anyone who has any sense of intelligence that that means that this person has stopped their file and the next file is about to begin on the next page so I did that four different breaks three different breaks because the fourth break ends ends the facts sent it in then I did another file about an hour later with another 80 pages with more breaks four or five breaks in this one because it was about I think about five or six patients four or five breaks in it sent it in to the number that they give me the lady tells me <laughs> the lady tells me well it's probably going to wind up in one person's file I, I was like, I, I didn't hear that correctly. What, what did you say? It's probably going to wound up in one person's file. You need to refax it individually. Wait, 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 wait. What do, what do you mean, one person's file? I have a break in between each file. There's a new name on the other documentations. New last four. What do you mean... It needs to have it's gonna go in one person's file <laughs> yeah we don't really look at them we just look at the first person's name on the first uh, cover sheet and we throw all of it in one file what the fuck is wrong with you at the VA how many people's shit is in my medical records as a veteran but how many other people's shit is in someone else's medical records and no wonder every time I bill them, they're telling me I don't have the documentation <laughs> because I'm sending it in and they're throwing it in whoever happens to be on the top page. So if I have Sally, Bill, Joe, and Jan, and Sally happens to be on top, everyone's records, Bill, Joe, and Jan are also going to be in Sally's file. Now, I hope this representative just doesn't know better. I hope she's new. I hope that she's mistaken. But it would make sense why sometimes when I get medical documents, there's some weird shit in there that don't match the person that I'm reading about. So, have you ever had this experience? Have you checked your medical records with the VA? Have you found anyone else's documentation in your medical records? Or do you think that your documentation of some of your appointments when you go off, um, off the VA and go to the community, do you think some of your records are in someone else's file? I mean, let me know because maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe this rep made a mistake, and I hope she did. But I think this is something that, that we need to go to the top with and find out what the hell is going on here. So um, you can email me at info at freedomwithintherapy.com um, at vet underscore therapist is my Twitter handle and freedomwithinllc on Facebook. Let me know 
if you have had this experience because this is insane. And if I, if I post this in Facebook, uh, this podcast, and you want to just respond to that posting with any questions that you have, I, I can um, just tag me and, I, and, I'll, and I'll answer them if, when I get them. But I was just blown away that I spent all this time sending these documents in every freaking week, every month since I've been taking VA, and they're constantly telling me we need more documentation. And I'm telling them I gave you everything that I have for now to find out that they're probably just throwing it in someone's file who's on top. It, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable the lack of just attention that's given to to some of this to some of our medical stuff. It's just ridiculous and and no wonder no wonder that we have the 22 a day. It's because it's directly related. It's directly related. Another story that came up was about VA suicide and a, a situation that happened to a guy. I think it was in California. And, uh, before I tell the story, let me just tell you that the number, if you need it, is 800-273-8255. I didn't have it last week. You got to press number one, or you can text 838-255, and that's the VA um, suicide hotline. So if anyone's listening to this and ever needs that number, remember, write it down right now. Put it in your phone, 800-273-8255, press number one, or you can just text them at 838-255. That's the VA uh, suicide hotline. But there was a case in California, this, I believe it was in California this week, where a veteran goes in, his wife uh, brings him in, and he is he's kind of going off the deep end a little bit. And they they bring him down, they get him on his they get him on some new meds. You know, the VA loves pushing meds at us. They get him on some new meds. They they said in the article that he was stabilized. This was a Stars and Stripes article. They said in the article that he was stabilized enough to get ready to be discharged. And uh, something happened with the communication between the VA and the wife. And his discharge got pushed back. And the guy was waiting to get out. He was... Uh, he was he was he was uh, very excited, I guess, or very anxious just to get out of the hospital. And there was some mix-up with the VA not telling the wife in time, expecting her to get there when she couldn't get there. And the vet wound up locking himself in another room, and he hung himself with um, towels or blankets or something of the sort. And a lot of it was due to the organization of that particular VA and their communications plan to reach out to the families and reach out to um, to the proper proper people that says, hey, we're discharging them at this time. We need you to be here at this time. Um, we, we don't want to have any delays and, and get this service member back home where his family's at, his children are at, and uh, allow him to, to um, live his life. So yeah. You have to put some accountability on, on, on the VA. You have to put some accountability on. Um, it is a choice. The guy made a choice. Um, it, it, maybe maybe he maybe he his meds wasn't right. I don't know. I don't want to say he wanted to kill himself, but at the same time, he ran and locked himself in a room and he did hang himself. So 
I mean, he had some intention there. Maybe the I think what the lawsuit's going to be about is that the they didn't properly assess him for one. I mean, if he's still that suicidal and ramped up, um, maybe 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 not discharging him at that moment is the right thing to do. Maybe giving him another assessment and saying, you know, where's his temperament at? Where's his mind frame at? What? Um, it all started with. Um, I believe he lost his job, and I believe that the VA came back after him and said that um, they were going to collect some some overpayments that the VA has made, which is a whole other issue that just just riles me up because you know they they overpay you or sometimes or they'll 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 pay you too much and then you you'll tell them about it and then they'll say oh well we'll once we do an audit we'll figure it out and we'll get it back. That happens to me all the time with my medical stuff. Uh, for for my patients, they'll overpay me and and uh, and things like that. And I'll talk about that in a second. But anyway, so this veteran had a lot of stress going on. He didn't he didn't have a job anymore, and his his finances wasn't straight. Um, and then on top of that, the VA wants to take back I don't know it was thousands of dollars. I think I think it was like twenty something thousand dollars. They wanted to take back from him and his family, and that's when the v, that's when the vet just kind of lost his shit and. Um, that's when he went to the hospital. So um, I feel so bad for the family, and and I believe he's got some young children, and it sucks. And another brother has been lost to this battle that we deal with within. Um, and that's why it's so important that one, we take personal responsibility and we make sure that we get the help that we need. But two, that the VA gets their shit together in order to help the veterans that are coming to them for help and not create all these damn barriers and, and blockades in order to receive the help that we need, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's so much going on, so many barriers and blockades that makes it hard for some vets to get the care that they need. And then once they get it and uh, are ready to go home, something like this happens where it just ramps up the entire situation so i can't put everything on the va i mean i gotta i gotta say you know the guy he could have made a different choice but at the same time there's a series of events that happens in this guy's life and the va was a common denominator in every one of these instances so um just i'm just i just say a prayer for the family and and i hope that uh they're able to to pick up the pieces um and to at least salvage the life that they have, um, and 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 to um, to show honor to their veteran in some way, in the way they live or something. I just it, it, it's a loss of words, but it just it's 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 infuriating that another vet has succumbed at a 22 a day. Um, which which reminds me that you you need to um, seek help if you're a vet listening to this. If you're a family member listening to this, if you're a mental health provider, it's so important to seek help, but also to try to recognize some of these signs. And we're not gonna we're not gonna know everyone that that um that is going down that road. They may not even say anything, but just to let them know that you have an open ear for them, and to not set up any more barriers for especially for us mental health providers, not setting up barriers to get the help. Let them know in session. You know, I tell everybody in session, look, the three things that I got to report out is if you're going to kill yourself, you're going to kill someone else or you're going to hurt a child or the elderly who are vulnerable. Um, 
that doesn't mean I'm going to call the police if you come in and say, hey, I'm just thinking about killing myself. It means that we're going to talk about it. And it means that if you tell me, Mike, at two o'clock this afternoon, I got a 45, I'm going to shoot myself in the face and there's nothing you can do about it. Then, of course, you forced my hand and you forced the, the other mental health providers hands. Right. But if you say I'm just feeling kind of down, I, I, I don't know what to do. You have to build that relationship with your patients because they need to feel safe to tell you when they're feeling suicidal, even if they have no intention, even if they have no intention of killing themselves. Sometimes getting those words out and just hearing, you know what? A lot of people think of suicide. A lot of people think of what will life be like if, if I wasn't here? It doesn't mean we act on it. It just means we process it and we figure out how do we help the veterans how do we help their family members? Um, and how do we help ourselves if we feel that way as providers, right? So I encourage you as a provider, not only with your veteran clients, but with all your clients, all your patients, build that relationship, that safety that says, look, I want to hear the good stories and I want to hear the most uncomfortable shit you have to offer because... I want to be here to work you through it. And it may not be it may not be any special words that I say to someone that stops them from from killing themselves. But just the fact that I'm willing to listen to them and I'm willing to hear them out and not immediately jump and call the police or immediately jump and call the ambulance or try to get them into a into a into an inpatient facility because maybe at that moment all they needed was just to vent that out they can't tell their family members they don't want to scare the shit out of their wives they don't want to scare the shit out of their husbands they just wanted to vent sometimes and just be there to listen that that that's it and then if it comes to the point to like i understand where they said you know what i am going to do it and there's nothing you can do about it then yes by all means call the police by all means get them into a inpatient facility bring them to the hospital call the ambulance whatever you got to do don't let that be the first move if they're in your office and you have control of the situation and they're not going to do it at that moment. Try to work with them, right? Help them understand that you're not there. You're not the police. Help them understand that you are their advocate. And you're there to, to, to help them through this time. So I wonder uh, how's everybody doing this week, right? I coined a new term this week with one of my one of my people. Uh, this is a civilian, but um, I coined a new term, and I don't know. Maybe it's been used before. Maybe it hasn't been. Um, obligationship. Have you ever heard of that? Obligationship. I don't think it's a word, but the way I mean it is the relationship that you have with someone is based on your obligation to be around that person or to communicate with that person for the simple fact that you're afraid of what they're going to do. So I had a situation where someone's in a relationship with someone, they end their relationship, but they remain quote-unquote friends with this person even though they don't really get anything out of it, right? They admittedly, I don't get anything out of this relationship. But they stay in contact with them. 
They take the phone calls. They take the texts. They'll bring the soup over sometimes. And they don't know why they do it, and they don't really want to do it. But the only reason they do know they do it is because they're afraid the other person's going to do something to themselves that will stick with them. And to me, that's an obligation, right? I'm only going to do something for this person because I'm afraid of what they're going to do. That's an obligation. There's other words that describe it, but obligation to me. So I told the person, look, it sounds like that you are in a obligationship, not a relationship. There's not a friendship, really. It's an obligation to make sure that this person doesn't doesn't harm themselves. Therefore, you 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 continue to communicate with them, even though you don't get anything out of the communication process, even though you don't enjoy the communication, and even though the communication leaves you feeling guilty. You continue to do it because you have this obligationship with them, and you don't want to hurt their feelings. I'm wondering, as a as other providers out there, and other veterans out there, and other just whoever's listening, are you in any kind of relationships, whether it's friendships, romantic relationships, relationships with the damn family, out of obligation? And if so, it, you're in an obligationship. And if I can get money for using that damn word, let me figure out how to do it because I think it's a perfect word, obligationship. What do you think about that word? Email me at freedom or well, info at freedomwithintherapy.com. Info at freedomwithintherapy.com. Let me know what you think about being in an obligationship with with someone. So we're going to wrap this up in a little while, but I wanted to just say again, thank you for everyone that's been listening so far and everyone that's been um, supporting me and sending me messages and saying how much they enjoy um, listening to this and how needed this is. Um, I still want to talk about other issues as well, but these VA issues just keep creeping up on me, man. And in each week, even I'm not looking for them, they creep up on me. And they um, and they present themselves. And like I said last week, I don't want this to be a bashing session about the VA. But good Lord, they just keep doing things that give you more and more and more information um, that's upsetting. So if you have the sense that your medical records have other people's stuff in it or that your information has been lost and put in someone else's medical records, I urge you to call your VA and ask them to let you see your records. Ask them, is there anything in those records that that, um, that do not belong to you? And maybe they won't tell you, I don't know, because it's a big violation. Um, at the same time, we need to get this cleaned up. Um, there's options out there. I think I might need to call um, some of the higher ups at the VAs to, to, to just alert them, to just say, hey, this is what a provider was told. And if a provider was told this, then um, the information is coming from somewhere. I don't just think the lady made it up, even though I hope she did, right? So um, 
be aware of what's in your records because it can have an impact on you, especially when you make the claims or when you do anything else uh, within the VA system. Um, and just simple errors, you know, maybe a provider reads over it and sees something in there and says, hey, uh, well, the records say this, but you're saying this. And then they don't look at the name on it because, you know, they assume that it's your records because it's in there. So that's um, that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Um, I kind of shot out the cannon with it because it was on my mind all week. And um, but it has an impact and it, and it has a direct effect on what we talked about today as far as veterans and veteran suicide and in veterans care with the inpatient facilities and um and not to mention, I mean, all the stuff that's in the news lately about Congress trying to cut um, military spending for, for health care. I mean, that's that's just a whole other issue that we'll get into next week. Um, you know, the elections are coming up soon, so get get your get your stuff together, get your ballots together. Um, so you can vote whoever you're voting for. I don't give a shit who you vote for. Just vote, get it out there, and, and do something that's going to um, to impact the country and to use your freedoms and your civic duties to to vote. So vote for whoever you want for, but um, know why you're voting for that person. Know know why you are uh, supporting whoever you support. You know. So um, it's been fun. It's been fun here, and uh, again. I own a company called Freedom Within. This is Mike Tossan. You are listening to Talking with Ticklesworth. And uh, maybe next week we'll talk a little bit about who is Ticklesworth and, and what does Ticklesworth mean to me. Um, Ticklesworth kind of has his own voice, too, so he doesn't just sound like me. Um, but email me at info at freedomwithintherapy.com. Uh, catch me on Twitter at vet underscore therapist. And catch me on Facebook at Freedom Within LLC. And uh, I will talk to y'all next week. I'll do this again. Hopefully the hurricane passes and goes. Y'all stay safe. And uh, I will see y'all later. Take care of yourselves. And uh, stay safe.